Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Book Talk with Kara. I'm Kara Putman and the author of more than 40 books. More than that, though, I read more than 120 books a year. I love to introduce readers to their next favorite book, and I delight in mentoring writers. Book Talk is where readers and writers meet to talk books and why we love them. So join us as we pull back the curtain on how we write books and what we love to read. Welcome back to Book Talk with Kara. Today, I am delighted to have you here to meet my friend, Danny Petrie. And some of you may have been here for an episode we had a while ago with her talking about one of her other books. But this one, y'all, <laughs> you've got to run out and get one wrong move. Because let me tell you, I am in the middle of a deadline as we're recording this. And I should not be reading other books, but I could not put this one down. I literally kept coming back to it and coming back to it. It is so Good. So Danny, before we get sucked into talking about the book, why don't you tell people real quickly about yourself? And then I want to dig into One Wrong Move and talking all about your writing and these characters. Oh my goodness. It was so good. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be back with you. So um, for those who don't know me, I write romantic suspense and thrillers for Bethany House. Um, my husband and I just celebrated 31 years and we have two grown daughters, two son-in-laws, two grandsons, and a 200-pound Newfoundland. Who thinks That's a lot a of twos. It's a lot <laughs> of twos. That's what we said. Yes. And my youngest just got married in April. So my oldest has the two. So my youngest is saying, I want two. Two's a good number. I said, well, that just goes with our family. So lots Absolutely. of twos. <laughs> well, and a 200 pound dog who thinks he's a lap dog. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. He's very heavy. If he puts his head on you alone, it's like, oof, you know, it's just, <laughs> he's a heavy dog. So yeah. and I'm up three uh, we have a three-story house and I'm on the top floor. He's on the bottom and I can still hear him with doors closed barking. So hopefully he doesn't try to get in on the podcast too much. He's got this <laughs> deep woof. So. Oh my goodness. But pets are great. They make yeah. life worth living. So if we they hear him, do. it's yeah. all good. Yeah. So let's talk one wrong move. And when sure. I say I inhaled it, oh. I'm not kidding. It was fantastic. And one of the things I love about your books, Danny, is you've always got a really strong suspense thread, mm -hmm. but then you also have a really strong romance thread. And there are some books that are billed as romantic suspense that I would actually call romantic mystery. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely more the suspense. There's, there's mm -hmm. kind of a not, it's not romantic thriller, but it's definitely romantic suspense. There's a ticking yeah element to it and they've got things they have to figure out quickly but the romance in this one and you kind of have two going once comes all yep. the way the other Not I'm hoping book two, maybe book three maybe. I don't know but how did you decide on this setting these characters I'm always curious with book one because oh. as authors sometimes getting that initial what if is often the hardest part. So right. this is the first in Jeopardy Falls. So how did you yes. come up with the initial what if for one wrong move? Sure. So uh, setting wise, you mentioned uh, New Mexico. I lived in New Mexico for seven years. I went to high school, started college, met my husband, lived there my first year of marriage. Um, and I thought it'd be super fun to set a book series there. 
the what if part yeah you know it's funny because people have asked me this and i'm not exactly sure where i came up with it but i thought it would be really interesting to have a family of private investigators who were raised by con men and they were pulled into cons as kids and they've gotten out since and come to know the lord and or most of them have um, and they wanted to do something to kind of combat what they grew up doing. And so now they focus on busting cons and heists and scams. And uh, so this book in particular focuses on Christian, who is a security expert, and he busts heists. He gives a security system analysis um, to museums and art thefts. Um, just because of some interesting stuff in his background, which I won't bring up too much, but yes. So I thought it would be super fun to have a series of heists. I've always wanted to write a heist caper and I know we were chatting and you have books with art in them. So we'll have to chat that, but yeah, it kind of came about from, from the setting and then the family and then thinking what area the different PIs would specialize in. Yeah, and I, I loved that because it does have a little bit of a heist feel to it mm -hmm. without going Ocean's Eleven. Correct. Or Thomas Crown Affair, which right. it would be really easy to kind of tip over into mm -hmm. that, yes. but it doesn't. Um, but at the same time, it has those flavors of, you've, you do have this backstory of mm -hmm. they grew up with these con parents who mm -hmm. were out there doing things and they're trying they've broken from that and they've got this mentor character yeah. who's kind of in the background as like the batman guy in the cave the yep. guy in the chair yeah um and he's kind of interesting so interesting. how did you even come up with like the idea of the agency that the one brother is going to buy and then everyone else is going to come into and Riley's yeah. her own personality. And yet they're all so distinctive and they all come together in this book, but it's still Christian story. Yeah. So um, I knew that they, I, the oldest brother was the first to become a PI and I knew he needed to work for somebody else to begin with because he wasn't just going to open a business without kind of getting his mentorship in there. And so he started with Grayson, who is the mentor character you're talking about. And for reasons unknown, um, for now, Grayson decided to sell the practice to Deckard and Deckard brought his siblings on. Um, and from that point, I didn't really, I wasn't planning to have Grayson really to have this part in it. It was kind of backstory. And I started to kind of like him and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to put him in there and he's going to have his own story and things going on. And so he's kind of one that I'm just playing with a little bit and having a lot of fun figuring him out. He definitely, I could see where he'd be one of those characters that you think is just in the background. And mm -hmm. then he kind of raises his hand and goes, yeah, no. No, right. I get my own book. <laughs> right. Yeah. He better get his own book. I'm assuming he gets his own book. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I just about bet money he does. Yes. But um, when you think about this, because there's a lot going on. And one of the things that's interesting about the way you write versus some other people is you write, I'm going to call it an ensemble cast, even mm -hmm. though you always have one character, one set of hero and heroine uh -huh. who are predominant but yeah. there's a very strong 
secondary heroine and heroine or hero and heroine. Yep. But then there's always like a third, like a tertiary. So it's like an ensemble cast going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that become like a challenge when you're writing sure. a book like One Wrong Yes, Yes, it is, it is tricky. Um, I kind of started out doing that without really meaning to, and I've just kept continuing that. Um, The biggest challenge is making sure the secondary thread, because it's secondary romance and mystery, um, that it doesn't overtake the primary thread, because I'll get so into both cases, it almost like will start to equal out and I'll need to rein back on the secondary one because yeah, it can overtake the main one and I don't want like two complete stories fully in one book. I think that would be a little tricky. Um, so trying to strike that balance is is the challenging part. Well, and I could see in this one where there were times, the second mm-hmm. one, really wanted to take over and as an author I thought it was a real challenge to pull back it was because Hayden and Decker are really sympathetic characters where you know as the writer in me was like oh I could see where I would want to just really dig into their story Um, so how did you pull back or how did you how do you know when is the time to say nope nope you've got to go into the background now Yes. So I usually will do my initial draft with just everything in it. Like I just pour the whole thing out and then it's during the revisions. I'll read through and go, oh, this is like 50-50. That can't work out that way. And I'll start looking where I can pull scenes or where I can narrow them down. Or there was actually a lot more of the secondary thread in my initial drafts um and i really did have to rein back in that and also in the romance um mm. i kind of went you know pretty far with the romance going along and then i thought no that's gotta wait you know or that's gonna change and and had a cut scene so i probably cut a good ten thousand fifteen thousand words out of it just to settle down that secondary thread but it's hard so did you did you cut them or did you save them for another book? I saved them. So we'll yeah. see. It won't be the <laughs> mystery um, if we get to them. But yes, I, yeah. I, when I cut stuff like that, I always save it because you just never know. Yeah. Well, and I don't know about you, but I've learned that sometimes those become great reader treats for yes. like you know, newsletter giveaways or things like that, yes. where I, I call it the, you know, the hidden chapters or... Yes. You know, and then I'll be like, well, here's why I ended up cutting this chapter. Or here's this scene mm-hmm. that I really loved, but it didn't fit in the book. And right. so sometimes those can be little goodies too. They, they are. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing one for this book actually as a, a newsletter incentive of a deleted scene that'll be coming out in a little while. And yes, yeah. absolutely. They are fun and readers get to see them and, you know, we wrote them. So we want to share them and that's a great yeah. way to do it. Exactly. And even if it doesn't make it into a, a future book or something, you're like, right. it's still kind of fun. And it peels back the curtain it a does. little bit. Absolutely. And I want to read it. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll make sure. Yeah. yeah, I had beta readers who went, you cut that scene. And I was like, <laughs> I had to. And they're like, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. I said, but we'll, we'll make sure, you know, I'll let you guys read it again. <laughs> it's funny, but it was part of the secondary that I had to trim down. So yeah. 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 I think that would be hard, you know, just the, 
Because they are such strong secondary characters, not mm-hmm. just kind of supporting, uh, but actually right. I could see them taking over. Yeah. So this book has so much going on because you've got insurance, you've got mm-hmm. art, you've got a cold case, mm-hmm. you've got just all these different threads going on. Mm-hmm. What was the most challenging part for you to research? That would be the cold case. That took a lot of research. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter um, is getting her doctorate and she's worked a lot with like biomedical statistics and different things mm-hmm. in that area. And so on the kind of the part of the science side, she was able to lend some stuff or, you know, give me ideas of where to look for things. But I, I spent a lot of time studying like criminal profiles and DNA and how you process DNA and different ways you separate, you know, and all of that, that took a ton of research. Um, I was actually just putting it all into a box because I thought this might come in handy one day. And so I labeled it and put it in a box today of what it was, but Yeah. yeah, that, that took the most research. Yeah, some of those where you're like it, the research, the technology could update by the next yes. book, but at the same time, some of that mm-hmm. underlying, you yes. know, cells yeah. and all of that is yeah. still going to be the same. And right, so- right, absolutely. So yeah, I like to hang on to research that could possibly be used in yeah. the future, you know? Um, so yeah, I have it going all the way back to my first book, just research on different things. So that's amazing. I remember, um, oh, of course I'm going to forget your name, but, uh, Bride Most Begrudging. Um, mm-hmm. oh yes. Um, De- was oh, it Deanne? Yes. Deanne. Deanne uh, she, she had, she was said she would have a box, like a banker's box yeah. for each book. Yeah. And I was like, that's a lot of boxes. Yeah. Mine's not that big at all. Yeah. Mine's more like a, not quite a photo box, but like that size, just big enough to fit all the papers in it. And yeah. Have those. But each of hers is a different time period. And I'm like, well, if you're doing a different time period, true. with a lot of books, that's you would end up with books. a lot. Thanks so much for listening to this chapter of Book Talk with Kara, where the world of books comes alive as I talk with authors. I love introducing you to my writer friends in each episode because I know their books will captivate your mind and touch your heart. That's also why I love to write. Did you know that I write everything from gripping legal suspense to cozy mysteries and World War II novels? In the pages of my novels, romance intertwines with page-turning suspense and historicals that will transport you to World War II. Ultimately, though, my stories will leave you with hope. And did you know that I have a bookstore up on my website where you can buy the eBooks, paperbacks, and audiobooks direct from me? exclusively for Book Talk with Kara listeners. Enter code PODCAST10 for a special 10% discount on your purchase at karaputman.com backslash shop. That's karaputman.com backslash shop. Now back to this week's episode. Yeah. So what are some of the the main themes in One Mm -hmm. Wrong Move? When you think about um, the main, let's stick with the main 
thread, sure. the main, yes. you know, hero yes. and heroine. Is there like a theme that kind of yes. came out as you were writing it that you're yeah. like, I, I was surprised by this or, or I guess when you go into the writing, do you know what the theme's going to be? Or is it something that surprises you as you're going through edits and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't see this, but wow, it's really clear that right. this is something that's kind of embedded. Yes. Um, no, I don't know my themes when I start. I figure them out during edits and I'll go, oh, that's what it was about. So yes. somewhere in the back of my head as I was writing different drafts, I was like, oh, it's going to be about like restoration and redemption. And I got done with it. And I really feel like the theme was hope, you know, mm-hmm. um, hope for God's mercies being new every day. And just that hope on knowing God's going to bring you through each day you wake up and have breath in your lungs is a gift from God. And he's got that day in hand. Um, and just that continual hope, um, in Christ, uh, is really the theme that came out of it. Yeah. And it's, it's really beautifully told through the book. Thank Uh, you. So when we think about, um, writing and you've been doing it for a while now Mm -hmm. and, have won a lot of awards. You've got quite a following of readers. If you were going to go back mm-hmm. to when you were at the beginning mm-hmm. and you were going to tell younger Danny, who is mm-hmm. starting out on this journey, what's a piece of advice that you would give yourself? That's great. Uh, great question. Um, I would say balance your time better, <laughs> like learn to yeah. balance your time now because when you sell, you think, oh, I just get to sit and write books and it doesn't work that way. There's a whole other component. Um, And I think if I had kind of figured that out in the beginning um, and just really figured out a way to balance my time well between the writing part, the creative part, and then more of the social media and writing business and launch and all the other components, um, I think it would have been an easier transition for me. Just the fact that there's more to um, a writing career than just writing. So I think that would be what I would warn her about. (laughs) Well, and that's one of those things that we don't really necessarily think about. And we kind of talk about it mm-hmm. in conferences, but I, I think when you're chasing publication, mm-hmm. you're all you're focused on is writing and that contract and yes. maybe a little bit of, of building a platform, yes. but you're not thinking about the, no. oh, now I have to pay taxes and, you know, like all right. the things they right. get the next contract and all of that. Yes. So one of the other things that we don't really talk about a lot is how do you handle setbacks and rejection and things like that once you're published? Because it doesn't sure. just stop once you have the first contract. No, it doesn't. That's a really good point. Um, I think that people, exactly, they think that once you're published, you won't have to face that. You know what I mean? And yeah. the thing is, like, I don't know about you, but every book I write, I get super nervous. Like, are readers going to like it? Um, are there going to be good reviews or they're going to be bad reviews, um, bad reviews still hurt when you read them, you know, I mean, um, there's still definitely setbacks. I mean, one year I had serious health issues. And so there were two years between my books and I hadn't anticipated that, but you know, um, I have lupus and it was really flared and we had to kind of go with that schedule. And so, yes, there are definitely challenges and rejections still happen. 
Um, I think that it's, it's the love of the story that helps me push through because yeah. even if let's say I wasn't selling anymore, I still would not be able to not write, which sorry, mm -hmm. double negative, but <laughs> it's, if I don't write for like, we go on vacation, I'm great. But if I don't write for like a couple of weeks, I get really antsy. I just, mm -hmm. you know, and so I know it's the love of the writing that kind of helps me push through hard times or, you know, challenges or anything like that. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like that deep desire. Yes. So when did that first kind of develop for you? When mm -hmm. did you first know that, wow, I think I want to be a writer? Right. So when I was in, when I was younger, I wrote a lot of like stories or parts of stories. And in high school, um, I did some poetry for like our, uh, we had a fiction magazine in my high school. We were really oh, cool. art focused and um, we had an amazing theater program. Um, Neil Patrick Harris was actually in our theater program when I went oh, wow. to high school and yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. went there. It was, it's just, um, interesting, but they had a fiction magazine. So I wrote some short stories and poetry for that didn't really think anything of it. And then um, I got really sick with my second daughter. Um, and when I was recovering for a good six months, I read all the time. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way of reading, I was like, I think I want to write, I want to learn how to write. And um, so I took a, a community college uh, non credit writing course and I loved it. And then I decided to go from there and, you know, went really slow. My kids were younger and I homeschooled them. So I wrote during soccer practice or lacrosse practice or, yeah. you know, whenever I could get a chance. But yeah, it was really when I was reading so much, I, I just fell in love with stories and I just decided I, you know, felt like I really wanted to be writing them. I love that. And I, I think some of the best writers were readers first. And it was yes. that love okay. of the story. Uh, and I also think it's fascinating how many of us at one point homeschooled as well. Right. And, you know, and it was like we were doing all the things. You know, all we were reading, the things. we were writing, we were homeschooling. Yeah. Many of us had another job as well. And it's yeah. like we were just kind of cramming it in in the yeah. cracks of the day. Yeah. So when you think about your writing, what's one of your biggest challenges as an author? Hmm, that's a good question. I think for me, stories, um, I write, I've heard the term and I kind of share it with a couple author friends. I write um, instinctually or intuitively, mm. like I don't plot out my stories. So the biggest challenge for me is multiple drafts. Um, mm, it's a yeah. long process. Um, I wish I wrote faster. I wish I was a little more streamlined in how many drafts I write. Um, but it's just the way that I write, you know, God yeah. created me to write. So yes, I, I wish I wrote faster and uh, not quite so many drafts to get to the story, but it's the way the process works for me. So I would say that's yeah. really the biggest one. And it does work for you. It just yeah. <laughs> takes a lot more. It takes a lot, a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the biggest joy then in the writing for you? Oh, I love the beginning. I love the idea, you know, before you mm -hmm. actually even really start writing where you have all the possibilities and you just dreamt up the story and you're like, it's a blank slate. I could go anywhere yeah. with it. And I think that's the most exciting part for me. 
That's fun. Yeah. Okay, so as we wrap up, yeah. I've got a couple of quicker questions for you. Okay. Um, so, sweet or salty? Sweet. Tea or coffee? Coffee. And how do you celebrate when you're done with a book? So usually we go out for a nice dinner as a family. We pick a fun restaurant and we go out and then I always buy myself a little treat. So I remember oh, each book with something small that's in my office or something I've been wanting for a while. That's kind of the big thing. I love it. And you're one of the few people who actually has something that you do. Most of us really? are like, well, we take a day off and then we start the next one. Right. So I love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to be better at celebrating. Yes the completion Absolutely. of something. Yes. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's always just so much fun to connect with you and to celebrate your books like one of them. It's so good. So, oh, so good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Book Talk with Kara. Come back next week to find your next great book and author to try. 